Today fam, I'm Jen Tayson. And I'm Kyla Musselman. And together we are the ladies of Tits and Teeth Podcast. Now produced by TNT Productions. Oh yeah, we upgraded. <laughs> this podcast is for every theatre lover out there. We've got the juicy details and behind the scenes magic that goes into theatre creation. It's fascinating. This season we are bringing you something extra special. We're collaborating with the Canadian Guild of Stage Directors and Choreographers to bring you a series of eight episodes centred around assistant and associate directors directors and choreographers from some of the industry's best. As always, our vibe is all-inclusive, educational, and inspirational. So if that vibe's with you, then buckle up, legends, and away we go. Hello! (laughs) This is very exciting. exciting. Hi! friends so we're back baby Dan and Kyla are back in case you didn't know g'day g'day we will catch you up on all things like personal endeavors Jen and Kyla later maybe next episode but for now because I know you need to know (laughs) you need to know but for right now, what are the, we need those podcast updates. What are they, Kyla? Oh my gosh. Number one podcast update is that Tits and Teeth podcast is now being produced by TNT Productions. Very exciting. Number one podcast update. Number two podcast update is about this series that we're just about to bring you. And how did the series come about, Jen? So it came about through our Assistants and Associates program, which is a huge collaboration through CGDC, the Canadian Guild of Stage Directors and Choreographers. Thank you to Canada Council for the Arts. There are previous episodes all about that. Yes. But um, we had we created an assistants and associates course where there were lecture series, they got Q&As, they got all of the wonderful things. Um, but we just wanted to make sure that the bulk of the information got to everybody's earbuds. Why is that, Kyla? Because we are demystifying the secrets of the industry and we are not gatekeeping. Come on. No, no. So if you enjoy listening to this, make sure you share it. Get it out there to the world. We just want to make sure that everyone has access to this awesome information Mm because it is pretty awesome. It was honestly (laughs) mind-boggling. I learned a lot during this lecture series. Honestly. So um, we do have all of our assistants and associates peeps present in the Zoom room. So that's different for the podcast. Um, They do. So sometimes they might reference the people in the room. They might check in on the people of the room. In the, the people in the room who are very cool people they might uh, send cool. questions and things like that so that's that's new for this series mm-hmm. yeah yeah so we just wanted to tell you that this series is absolutely centered around assistants and associates and like how theater honestly is created from the other side of the table but we wanted to tell you that it is also for all of the musical theater nerds. All of them. All of them. If you're a musical theater nerd, it is for you, darling. There are nuggets. There is info. There are tidbits. Put them in your pocket for later. Take a little tidbit, put it in your pocket. Okay. New song. So it's for everyone everywhere. This is the first of our series. We're so excited. It's the brilliant Steve Coder, who we love so much. He's a brilliant choreographer. He is a brilliant associate. And um, yeah, you know, this is the the first topic what's that first topic Kai? the first topic we had to start off what is an assistant and associate and what do those jobs mean entail all of the above steve is going to let us know here we go steve take it away steve Assistance and Associates program with the incredible Steve Coda, who's talking to us about being an assistant or an associate today. Steve Coda is the founder and artistic director of In the Wings. He is in 
incredibly passionate about teaching while teaching both young aspiring artists and leading industry professionals in the wings with was born out of his intention to continue that education through the pandemic and beyond. Steve worked professionally for over 20 years before transitioning into choreography and education. Steve has worked as a choreographer at the Stratford Festival of Canada and at the Grand Theatre. He was an associate choreographer for Here's What It Takes, Billy Elliot, Little Shop of Horrors, The Music Man, The Rocky Horror Show, Guys and Dolls. He was an assistant choreographer for a chorus line, The Sound of Music at the Stratford Festival, West Side Story at the Vancouver Opera and is an all-round bloody legend. We love you, Steve. With all of that knowledge and insight in mind, can you tell us a little bit about your perspective or the point of view that you're coming from today? Fake it till you make it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I listen, I'm very excited to be here. Uh, as when Jen asked and Jen and Kyla asked me to do this, I was like, for sure. I I, I couldn't this was of everything the CGDC was doing, this was the most important to me because I think growing, uh, being an assistant and an associate, uh, when I started, there was not, there wasn't much uh, education and how to go about doing it. So this is very important to me. Um, and I just want to, I just want to say that I, I don't pretend to have all the answers. I don't. I think that. Um, that's why this is so great that we we are creating a community here that we can rely on each other to to help answer the questions that we might have. I have a little bit of experience, and whenever I can share, I'm very happy to to share. Uh, my experience, like Jen was saying, comes uh, from being an assistant and associate primarily in musicals, and I've had some experience uh, doing some choreography for some theater companies, uh, a lot of plays actually. Uh, I did a lot of choreography for plays, which. I will say, <laughs> really tests you as a choreographer because uh, actors don't let you get away with anything. <laughs> and yeah, like I said, I'm really excited about this because I think I think this is an opportunity for us to build upon our community and have a shared knowledge, and we are able to learn from each other as uh, as opposed to before where we felt very, very alone. <laughs> it was a very lonely industry uh, trying to figure out how to navigate uh, moving forward. So we're about to jump into some rapid fire question, friends. Okay, Steve Coda, how can your assistant or an associate or associate best serve you when working together in the room? Do you need a si silent supporter, a vocal contributor, a sniper, somebody that fixes in issues in the room without you even knowing? A downtown poacher, somebody wrote. Let's go to another room. You tell me. What are you looking for, Steve-O? I'm a collaborative person. I want someone right there beside me at all times. I think it's important, uh, especially when we're teaching people how to move forward into direction and choreography. Uh, it's the best way to learn. Steve-O, what's one thing you wish you knew earlier? Oh God, everything. Uh, 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 yeah, everything. 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 There was no handbook. There was no handbook. Um, okay, when you know a tr when do you know a choice isn't working and it's time to pivot? Oh, the cast will tell you. You see this face. <laughs> Perfect, perfect. What's your leadership style? How do you run a room in terms of leadership style? Tell me, what kind of room do you wish to create? Uh, I think I touched on it a little bit. It's uh, It has to be collaborative. I don't pretend to have all the answers and I'm only the best that I can be uh, by surrounding myself with uh, people who also have, uh, who are like-minded. Awesome, and who are your mentors? Who do you look to? 
Well, uh, I got my start because of Donna Fiore. Uh, she saw me as her dance captain and then kind of moved me along with her. But I would say now my good friend Robin Calvert. Ah, oh, the best. Um, we have a question. Uh, what was the biggest mistake you corrected after your first assistant or associate job? Oh, my biggest mistake I corrected? <laughs> uh, oh, that's a big one. <laughs> We're starting with that, are we? I think it's I think it's communication and like how you communicate with the creative team because and I'm going to talk a lot about that later uh but that's that's always the tricky one so how do you correct that it's just it's being able to adjust to personalities <laughs> owning it so good uh who do you turn to for feelings of insecurity or imposter syndrome when you're leading a room I have a girlfriend right now who's very very supportive she really believes in me and what I can do. So anytime I start to feel that way, I would say it's that person. And also I've been doing a lot of education lately. I would say that has become my primary focus and uh, my students. Awesome, love it. Um, Steve, what's your favorite dinosaur, mate? Uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. Excellent, very important, very important information. Um, yes. Okay, great, we have a couple more questions in the chat that we will get to later down the line, but we're going to dive in today for assistants and associates. So just tell us, in your experience, what do these look like in practice? Talk us through how it starts and how you get that job all the way through to opening. I touched on it a little bit, so getting the job. How do you become an assistant and associate? When I first started, I was a performer. I was in the ensemble a lot. Uh, I got, I had a lot of opportunities to uh, dance captain. And while I was dance captaining, I learned a lot of organizational skills that you need to be an assistant and associate. So like keeping a good book, making sure that you know what, you know, everybody is doing at any given time on stage. Uh, and that was noticed by uh, Donna Fiore specifically at this time and offered me a job as her assistant choreographer and she took me under, under her wing and uh, kind of brought me along and through that uh, I ended up becoming an associate because we brought on an assistant. Work ethic is another thing that kind of, if someone's uh, a director of choreography sees your work ethic uh, and you don't you know, you're not involved in the bullshit and you're not involved in a lot of the uh, the cattiness that can happen in terms of uh, being in a cast. Uh, you, I showed those skills to this specific person and showed myself to be trustworthy. Again, good organized book as a dance captain. I got along well with everybody, uh, which I it sounds so simple, but it, it goes a long way is just be a kind human. <laughs> and then as a dance captain, and uh, you also learned how to, uh, again, we talked a little bit about it, is deal with personalities. I think as an assistant, and I hate to say this, but as an assistant and associate, I think it's the hardest part of the job. <laughs> so getting the job, showing that you have those skills is is very important because you have to be able like if a director or a choreographer is working on something and somebody comes up to you um with with a problem you have to be able to kind of jump on top of it uh so that you know directors and chore choreographers aren't bogged down and also in terms of and who's who's here been been a, a dance captain assistant or associate so okay so here's the other one 
giving notes. <laughs> How hard is that? It's pretty hard because again, the way I would give Kristen notes uh, is probably different than I would give Michelle notes. And the way I would give Michelle notes would be different than I give uh, Daniel notes. So that, that type of thing. So again, that was seen early on. I promise I have a point to all of this. That was seen early on uh, in my development uh, moving forward. And I, I think that's in a nutshell how I got into assisting initially. So then you've got the job. So now you're an assistant and associate. Can you talk us through that process, like planning the show, auditioning the show, pre-pro, up to first date? Yeah. So planning the show, uh, everything leading up to rehearsal, I think, and I love rehearsal, don't get me wrong, but everything leading up to my re to rehearsal, I think is my favorite part because uh, that's where all the questions are and that's where all the research happens and that's where all the playing for us uh, without the cast happens, which is to me very, very exciting. So in my experience, the first thing that usually happens is designers get the first kick at the can, right? Because designers usually have to have their plots in the earliest. So I, there's usually conversations that happen between the director and the choreographer, mainly the director, when it comes to design and how the show is going to look aesthetically on the stage. We will sit as a team, designers, directors, choreographers, assistants. Um, sometimes you'll even get the musical director in there. And this is this is the part I, I, I really love because we just sit there and we talk about the show and we go from the beginning of the show and we go to the end of the show. Sometimes this can take days and you just go through each act, each line, each and, and what is, uh, you know, what the director is thinking at that moment. And then, like I've said, I love a collaborative room. I've always worked in a collaborative room. So uh, everyone's opinion matters until it doesn't matter. <laughs> so this is, this is where things start rolling and, and all the ideas happen. And you can really start to picture what the show could look like. Uh, and, and again, like I said, we kind of go through act one first. I think, I think the longest this has ever taken is we, I've sat in a kitchen with a creative team for five days straight. And I'm talking from like 10 AM to like 10 PM and just, and I guess it depends to the scale of the show and, and, and all the elements that you have to work with. Not every experience, uh, is like that, but I was privileged to have that that type of experience in my first kick at the can at being an associate. I was terrified. I was like, oh my God, there's all these people. Should I speak? I don't know. <laughs> Are they going to like me? Are they going to hate me? Again, and it's, it's that imposter syndrome that we talked about earlier, but you're a part of that team, right? And you're there for a reason. And it's important to remind yourself that you are there for a reason. So yeah, so and that's where you like that's where like all the themes we start talking about the themes we talk start talking about even like I we even talk about like exits and entrances and how that's going to flow and um, you know what set pieces are bring, being brought on even if the, like if your team is that organized you might even talk, be talking about who in the if you have your cast already who in the cast might be doing that or you know how many people you have in the cast even without the numbers. Uh, or the, the names of the people, uh, 
that you can also start planning that saying, okay, we need three people on it. Anyway, it makes moving into rehearsal so much easier if you have a great um, meeting when you're planning the show. Also, this is where uh, all the research happens. So as an assistant, I, I've had more experience as an assistant choreographer and associate uh, choreographer, not to, not to say there's not any research involved, but not the same way as an assistant director. For instance, let's talk about Chicago. So, so like finding out about the two actual characters uh, who played Velma and Roxy, they were real people and knowing the history and knowing the time period and what uh, the world looked like uh, was super exciting moving forward to the show. That was, uh, again, one of my favorite parts because you have, it feel, you feel so powerful because you have all this information that people want. <laughs> and then I would say moving into just before rehearsal, something called dry tech. So a dry tech is where you will go through after having all those meetings, after uh, deciding how the show is going to to go is you again move through the show, the sets with the designer and how the show is actually going to move. So uh, you go from scene one, how do we get in from, to scene one? How do we get into scene two? How do we move into this uh, dance number? How do we then move into the song? Uh, and it's all done with the macabre. And we literally have like little, little pieces of people <laughs> and little set pieces and you move it along so you know exactly what it's going to look like. And that's my experience planning the show. Then comes auditioning for the show, usually. And auditions, I, I hate. And I'll tell you why I hate them. Because there, you, see, you meet so many talented people, right? And you walk into a room and I have a huge heart. And I just want, I want to give everybody the job. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, not everybody can get the job. But saying that, planning, planning the audition. So after, to, after planning the show, you know exactly what you're looking for. You know exactly how many people you need, how many people you're hiring. You know what you're looking uh, at for specific characters. And it, yeah, it's really hard. Here, I'll tell one story. Um, I remember auditioning for, uh, doing the auditions for Guys and Dolls. And for, for the female identifying uh, ensemble, we were looking, for, uh, we had 108 people walk through that door. Do you know how many, <laughs> you know how many parts were being given? Five, exactly. But yeah, usually it's like eight counts of eight. You'll do, uh, you'll do the combination. You'll set it beforehand. Sometimes I've done it in a hotel room the night before. Sometimes it's two weeks prepped. Sometimes I'm doing it on my own, you know, depending on how long you've worked with that choreographer. They might trust you enough to go in on your own to, uh, to do the auditions or at least the first leg of the auditions. Then everybody dances and, and sometimes uh, there'll be a cut, there'll be a callback, you'll do that. Uh, as an assistant or an associate, you're usually the one who demonstrates. And depending on who's in the room, uh, you know, because I think nowadays it's tricky in terms of auditions because you, everybody wants to be seen. So sometimes you get a really, you know, you get a mixed uh, group in terms of dancer, singer, actor, actor, singer, dancer, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So depending on the, the group, 
you might be doing it even when we're we're trying to select people um, once we're performing the combination that the choreographer has taught or let's be honest the assistant has taught <laughs> and then there'll sometimes be a cut and there'll be a callback and this is when the actor singer singer actors dancers singer uh, any all the combinations come back and will usually sing their song and read sides I would be prepared also as an assistant director to read this, to be a reader. And then comes like the selection process, which again is the, everyone's like, oh, so much fun. No, it's awful. It is really awful because like, like, you know, we just said there was over 80 people who applied for this position and you are the 10 who got in, but there are. 70 plus people who didn't so that's that's the hard reality of of the industry i understand that but in my experience you don't feel it more than when you're on that creative team because you know you know people and it's it's just difficult so that there we have the selection process and then there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things you're looking for um you know i think we're also looking we're making sure that our audiences feel represented. So people who are coming to see the show, we want to make sure that they are represented. I think we're really starting to see that happen. I know we still have a long way to go, but I really start, I know. <laughs> we really, I think we're starting to, and, and I think we have a lot of strong advocates for it. So what has to happen now, in my opinion, is we need to see that same representation on creative teams, because that is really going to help us move forward. Uh, okay, audition the show. Then we have pre-production. Pre-production is my favorite part because again, this is where you really like you get into a rehearsal hall and you start making the you start making the thing. <laughs> We're doing the thing. And I would say, in a, like uh, in a musical, uh, this is probably where a lot of your dance uh, routines are prepped ahead of time. Because then when you get into the room, you don't have to worry about prepping those routines because sometimes you get caught up. And rehearsal, as we know, rehearsal processes move very, very quickly. We're not all as privileged as the Stratford Festival and the Shaw Festival to have time to do this. So this is where an assistant and an associate is extremely important. Okay, then, first day of rehearsal. I would say as an assistant associate, it feels like you're just part of the cast, right? You, you know, everyone's introducing each other. They introduce you. It feels good to be introduced. I won't lie. It does feel good to be introduced as an assistant or associate. You feel important for about two seconds and then you move on. <laughs> then we move into rehearsal. As I was talking before, usually because of your prep work, uh, rehearsals hopefully run very smoothly because of the amount of prep that you've done moving into this. Now, as we start to get the cast, as an assistant and associate uh, choreographer, and also as an assistant director, this is where uh, really good notes come in. So like uh, formations, what the choreography is. I was never one who needed to write down choreography. I could usually keep it in my head, but um, I needed to write down formations and how that kind of uh, flowed throughout the piece. Uh, as, an, uh, as an assistant director, I wrote down a lot because I, I was, our process was we usually had character chats on the uh, like the first few days of rehearsal where we really talk about their characters and and what the actors thought of their character, and where they fit into the big picture of the show. So I took very good extensive notes, uh, 
why you'll see in a second. And then usually you'll just read through the scene with all the characters involved and then it'll go get up on its feet. And like I said, that's where you really write down the blocking. And also when the director starts talking about certain intentions and whatnot and the motivation of the scene, and, and it's important to write that down as well uh, as I move forward and start talking about understudies. Because uh, it, it, it's one thing to be sitting in the room and listening to it, and then it's another thing to remember it like three months, two months, whatever, down the road. So again, that's where important notes and detailed notes are important. Also, something that I, I was responsible for in rehearsal was because I was I, I, I'm a decent uh, reader of music. I'm not very good, but I'm pretty good, is we would add sometimes for d dynamics we would add in specific shots in the percussion to help elevate the dance numbers so i was always responsible for writing that in my um in my book so in my score i would have that down so when we got to like previews or uh onto the stage and we weren't hearing something i could then communicate that to usually the associate conductor yeah, that was the one. I that was the most because I where where's that shot? Where's that shot? I'm like I don't know, I don't know, but I have it here. It's written. They just didn't play it. And then and then we move into tech. And this is I would always be a part of lighting sessions and sound sessions. So usually they're done outside of rehearsal time. So lighting designers will set their plots ahead of time, and then usually we would do I think it was like three to four four hour sessions from like 7 p.m. till 11 p.m. where we would sit and we would just look at lights and uh, this is also not needed but I was I was always one one of those people who would write down where those LXQs would happen so if we didn't see it in a preview then I knew where that was if there was a sound cue that you can't really miss a sound cue <laughs> if, if it's not there you're gonna notice and then once you get to like cue to cue, I've always worked in processes where that becomes a big day for an assistant and associate to get notes out that haven't necessarily been communicated. That's definitely a place where like I, I would pull in like 20,000 steps, just like and go, and go, and go, and go, and go. And then... Uh, and and, and then, then you get into like tech dresses and whatnot and then previews where a lot of the notes, um, a lot of the notes will happen leading leading up to the opening of a show, and um, some directors will just like you'll write it down and they will ask you right then and there and communicate it to the actors themselves. Some you'll take it away. I I usually type them all up and then hand it to the 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 director choreographer um, the following day. They would read it. I, I found sometimes, and rightfully so, directors and choreographers with certain leads would like to give the notes directly to them as opposed to doing it uh, in a note session. The other thing that I didn't mention going back is I was also responsible as the assistant director for my uh, director's score and script. I would label it. I would write in certain directions. That is something. I'm sure that that's not the case for everyone but that was definitely something that was a part of my job so when i would get there in the morning if we were working on a specific scene i would have that page open to um for the director so they didn't have to go searching through it again maybe it's above and beyond but it's something that i saw my predecessors do so 
uh, it's something that I continued uh, doing. Again, it, it just it, it makes things a little bit easier, um, but not necessarily. Then after opening, <laughs> in, in festivals, I've had this experience where you are the assistant and the associate, the dance captain, um, the associate uh, music director are all responsible for teaching the understudies. So you will get the understudies up to speed and that's where those notes really, really come in handy because you're able to communicate choreography, blocking, intention, all of those things because of the notes that you took and blocking too uh, that you took earlier on. Sometimes you'll get rehearsal ahead of time, sometimes not, <laughs> which makes no sense because we all know we preview and in previews people go down. <laughs> But that's the way it goes. Now, in, uh, in commercial theater, I have, I've only had one um, experience in commercial theater. I did the producers back in 2001. Uh, and in, in, in terms of the hierarchy, like we had, sorry, that's a horrible word to use. Uh, but in terms of the way things were set up, I had, we had an associate choreographer who would come in and teach the exact show that was set on Broadway, uh, and then the same thing with the associate director. There was a dance captain who would maintain the dance numbers, and we had a resident, I had a resident director choreographer, someone who could do both. You don't always get both, but that's generally how I, uh, how like uh, an associate choreographer fit in commercial theater specifically. Now with regional theater, I have never and this is where I'm hoping that this is going to change is I've never, ever had an assistant, even being in a cast, had an assistant in um, involved in the show. So that's where I'm excited about hopefully this changing where we can because we all know that that's probably the place that you need it the most because your time is limited and you need that extra bit of support uh, moving forward. We all know you do that contract for a regional theater. Sometimes you have two weeks of learning it, teching it, and happy opening. <laughs> uh, very, very difficult. And that's where you really need an assistant. But again, in, in my experience, that has never, ever happened. Okay, that was longer than five minutes. I'm sorry, Jen. No, you got, and you got the next section in there, Steve. You did great. You did great. And I was just going to say, and wouldn't it be wonderful? Yes, yes. Round of applause for our Steve-O. And wouldn't it be wonderful if we had assistants and associates at every theatre across the country? Let's see what we're doing here. Um, Steve, the last thing that you wanted to, um, to speak about, because Steve and I spoke prior to this interview, and we discussed taking ego out of the room and keeping it professional for yourself and your director and choreographer. So can you talk us through how to set safe boundaries and create a brave space? I love this question because I hate this question. So uh, how do we create that safe space? Communication is one. What do you need? What? How, how can I best assist you? Um, I know me, whenever I'm running a room, uh, I always liked... I always like to um, start by like, like we did today, having some kind of a conversation, like what did you have for breakfast? Just to kind of like break the ice a little bit. And then when I'm teaching things, I, I, like, to, I like to make the mistakes so that people feel comfortable making mistakes uh, in the room. So I'll always say something like, uh, I will always say, so, okay, so can we do that again for me? Because I really shot the bed. <laughs> uh, 
Can we, uh, you know, stuff like that. So you're, so you're, you're showing people that it's okay to make mistakes so that people can be their bravest. Because when are we our most creative? We're our most creative when we feel safe and confident, right? And creating that, that type and leading or exemplifying that, I think is where it starts. Room agreements, I think are also a, a very important thing to create that brave space. So everyone is on the same page with how we're, um, we're moving forward so that there's no surprises. And we've talked about it ahead of time. So everyone again, feels comfortable being their best self and their most creative self in that room. Um, and also encouraging people to have ideas, you know, and, and I think that's also important communication with, in my opinion, with your assistant and associate, because it empowers them in the room so that the, the, the cast also trusts them. And, and when you feel wanted, when you feel uh, uh, important, when you feel like you're a part of the process in the room as an assistant and associate, you're gonna have better ideas <laughs> because you feel comfortable to communicate that. Uh, and then also the cast, if they're, if, if they're seeing that, they're also gonna feel that way. And ego, there's no place for it, in my opinion, because we are all people at the end of the day, and we're all we all have a common goal. And getting to that common goal is is important, and I believe that we can do that, keeping ego out of it, and also being kind human beings. So now that you've kind of set those safe boundaries, how do you? ask smart questions of your director or choreographer. Any question uh, I think is important and any question is smart. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of those questions should happen before getting into the room, but you know, questions always are, uh, come up while you're in the room. I think it's timing too. Like if they're in the middle of, of like blocking a scene, you're not gonna be like, um, is it okay if so it's, you know, we're all, we all have common sense. Um, and when to ask those questions, I think, is the, the most important. Um, because every question is important. And and I think um, I do a lot of, I, I remember doing a lot of asking before rehearsal, a lot of asking at lunch, and then a lot of asking afterward. There, you know, there's sometimes questions will come up within the cast that need to be immediately um, uh brought up to a director choreographer because sometimes that's a safety issue. Um, but again, I think use your best judgment in terms of who you're working with and um, when you're asking those, those questions. But yeah, every question I think is important because if you want to ask it, then it's important to you. Okay, so, so now that we've safe, set safe boundaries, we've asked smart questions at the right times, how do we remain open and collaborative? Again, I think it's just that communication, right? How do we remain uh, openly co collaborative? It is that that communication saying like, oh, I have this idea, what do you think? But again, knowing your timing, <laughs> it's like when someone's setting something initially and you see something, it's like maybe that's not the time, maybe, you know, oh, I saw this, what do you think, of, uh, what do you think about this? Or I have this idea, I found this research. Uh, but again, it's, it's always being, keeping those lines of communication open open i think communication is key uh i was always afraid to ask questions because again not not really knowing what was expected of the position at first you're very fearful to ask questions uh but i found that worse because again yeah 
you get to a point you're like fuck i should have asked that question because now you know this has happened and i could have fixed this a long time ago um but again remaining collaborative i think also depends on the director choreographer you know if they want to allow you to work through the space that or work that way in the space i think you're, you're always going to feel like it's remained collaborative because sometimes you sometimes there's a bit of a shock you go from pre-pro to like in the rehearsal and you're like what happened to my voice <laughs> and that again it's 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 what kind of room is being led uh, and what kind of room they want and again it's not right or wrong it's just how people want to run their room Steve Coda. So um, a couple of things that I that we uh, chatted about today. So we talked about work ethic and dealing with different personalities and being a kind human as an assistant and associate just it goes such a long way. Watching somebody in an audition informs you of what the show could be like. I loved that one. As an assistant director, be prepared to read. A director choreographer will look to you in pre-pro so your input is invaluable. Prepare your artistic voice. Once we move into rehearsals, it's not about you, it's it's about the actors and their process. I loved that one. Into rehearsals, your detailed notes are so, so important. Your Alex cues, your sound cues, your character notes, your blocking, all of that is essential. When you're in cue to cue, get those notes out, support your director and choreographer. And then as a, an assistant director, choreographer, you're gonna be responsible for the understudies and swings and getting them all up to speed. So your notes about intention, blocking, all of those things are just absolutely essential to keeping that show running um having a conversation with your director and choreographer and setting boundaries for yourself i loved that is so so important that sets you up for success it's okay to make mistakes so that other people feel safe to make mistakes as well room and room agreements are an important practice encouraging ideas from your assistant and or associate as you move into a director or choreographer is so important know when to ask those smart questions and be a kind human ladies and gentlemen steve coda sounded so much better when you said it <laughs> so good steve do you have um do you have any like just little final final words that you wanted to to give us before we jump off yes i i'm just really excited about the future of our industry I really am. I teach the TDS program at U of T. Uh, I teach them dance to the fourth year specifically. Um, I also speak, uh, teach fourth years uh, styles and showcase over at Sheridan College. And I've done that now for a couple of years. And I'm just really excited about the voices that we have coming up because I think the industry right now is kind of like this a little bit. And I'm really excited because like reading, re I was also fortunate enough to be on the selection committee for this program and just reading what people, people's ideas for their room, people's ideas for the industry, people's ideas for how they uh, uh, want to be leader, leaders in this industry, I'm super, super excited because I feel like we are in good hands. Choosing education uh, before uh, professional theater has really opened my eyes to the possibilities uh, of what theater is going to be in the future. I, f I forgot for a while why I started this in the first place. 
And then I got to teaching and being amongst people who are truly, truly, truly passionate about this industry. And it, it reminded me why I started this in the first place. So thank you all again for reminding me why I started this in the first place. That was the wonderfully kind-hearted Steve Coder, And that's a wrap on our first episode of this Assistant and Associate series in tandem with the Canadian Guild of Stage Directors and Choreographers. In today's episode, of course, we talked about being an assistant or an associate. So next week, we are coming at you with the legendary Tracy Fly talking about being a director. So stay tuned, legends. We are demystifying those secrets of the industry and making sure that it's out there and accessible to absolutely bloody everyone. So we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you learned something today. If you feel so inclined, make sure you give us a share, a rate or review. It helps people find the pod and we appreciate it. All right. Where do we find the people? If you want to keep up with Steve Coda, you can find him at Coda7692 on Insta or for his educational theater training, he is at inthewings.online. You can also give the Canadian Guild of Stage Directors and Choreographers a follow on Insta at officialcgdc and have a look at all the work we're doing over there. And you know where to find us, legends. We're on Insta at Tits and Teeth Podcast. Our website is titsandteethpodcast.com. No matter what you're facing out there today, legends, make sure you keep those tits up, those teeth out, and have a bloody great day. Bye.